You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 117, and today we're going to be talking all things tree saddles from a kind of a unique perspective. I've been hunting, by the way, I'm joined on the podcast by Jake. They know. I didn't didn't even interview, I didn't even introduce him because this is our second podcast that we're recording tonight, and it's 10.50 at night, so I just assumed It's 11.50 at night. Sorry. Gosh dang. 11.50 at night. It's almost tomorrow, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Um, so we got a couple of unique perspectives and we're not experts about tree saddle hunting. We can only talk through our experiences. So, uh, two different unique perspectives. One, I've been hunting out of a saddle for one full season. So I hunted all last year, just released a, a video on YouTube of me killing my first buck out of a saddle. So I feel somewhat qualified to talk about it a little bit. I'm not an expert, but Jake is a newbie saddle hunter. He ordered his saddle, finally pulled the multi-hundred dollar trigger that a saddle is cost these days uh last no it was this week early this week yeah it was it was it was uh i don't know either monday through wednesday or it could have been thursday i have no clue but yeah it's one of those things like i waited because i'm a tightwad and i feel a lot better about it and i'm finally starting to get excited about it now that all now that the money has already left, left yeah it left my bank account and i've somewhat already forgot about it so I'm getting more excited as the days pass. Yes. So one, a little bit of background into kind of why we switched to the tree saddle. Um, I assume if you guys have been anywhere, but living under a rock, you know what a tree saddle is. There's so many brands that are producing either platforms or saddles these days. Um, tethered being probably one of the bigger ones that you guys have heard about. If you haven't heard anything about saddles, you've probably heard about tethered. Um, we had a lot of public land, um, whether that's in Oklahoma or Kansas and hopefully some more States will branch out to in the next coming years. But being mobile is big for us and you never know what kind of tree you're going to be climbing up in, in the places that we're hunting. So that's a little bit about why we switched to the tree saddle. And like I said, I've been using it for a year. Jake just ordered his. And so Jake's going to play the role of the newbie today and kind of lead the podcast. So before I ordered it, I'll be honest, I didn't know hardly anything about a tree saddle. Like, obviously, I knew it was supposed to be lightweight, supposed to, and that's the main reason I bought it is for the packability, right? Because before, uh, just give you a little bit of backstory, mainly hunted, hunted out of a climber on basically all my public land experiences, hunted out of a climber. And it's great. It's great if you have pine tree <laughs> the, yeah the, the correct trees if it's basically shaped like a pencil and looks like a pencil sticking out of the ground you're in good shape but this year we're kind of branching off into other states kansas being the one uh the number one priority on the list uh those trees aren't aren't too slick so that's that's the main thing and plus really not knowing like exactly where you want to sit and having to move around and stuff like that it's just it seemed like the better option. So uh, before ordering it, I didn't know how the tree saddle really worked. Uh, I knew there was a thing called a tether, but I don't. I didn't really know the difference between a tether and, and, and a lineman's belt. 
so to speak, like how to how to set it up and all that stuff. But after a few YouTube videos, I feel a little bit better. One, including the one Christian put out not too long ago. Uh, what, what was that called? Five, like five reasons I switched to a tree saddle this season. Yep, yep. So uh, one of those I watched as well. And uh, today, yeah, basically just wanting to pick your brain about some questions that I didn't get answered in other YouTube videos I watched. Yeah. Before you get into the questions, there's three levels of saddle hunters. You got beginner, novice. I'm very much in the early stage of novice. And then you got experts. So just keep that in perspective while you guys are listening to this. I think I know enough about the tree saddle to answer some newbie questions, but I'm not the guy that's going to be flipped upside down, hanging around the tree like Spider-Man shooting my bow. One stick method. Yeah. I'm not that guy. Repelling down. Yeah. No, uh, (laughs) we ain't Spider-Man in this bunch. What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, so I guess, I guess the first thing is, and I I guess I kind of covered it. So, if you think we should just move on, we can move on. But why Why did you switch to a saddle? Number one reason I switched was the packability of the entire system. So when you, like we grew up hunting ground blinds, we grew up hunting ladder stands. Um, like you said, our early days on public or even your recent days on public climbers. Last year, literally. Um, when you're hunting public with, anything but a climber you have to think of your tree stand or your stand as a system so it has multiple parts with a climber it's like all in one right um but with stick with with a hang on or a a saddle it's a system it has sticks it has a platform um with a stand as ratchet straps so there's all these different little components that you have to add together that make one system but on a tree saddle to me it it felt like the simplest and easiest packable system that I could get. So you got your sticks regardless, whether you're using, whether they're using a hang on or using a saddle, you're going to be carrying sticks to get up the tree. Um, other than that, the platform on a saddle is, you know, a foot, a foot long. And let's just say on a big one, a foot, uh, wide, a foot wide and a foot long. That's generally speaking, but that's about how big it is. That's probably a third of the size and freaking one sixth of the weight of a hang on. So not only does it go on your bag easily and has a slimmer profile, it also weighs a lot less than a hang on. So for me, the packability of you get to wear the tree diaper into the stand and you, the whole system is on your bag and not overhanging on any side. That was the reason for me, Mm -hmm. because you're not saving a ton of weight, but man, the packability, you have your bag on, you're holding your bow and you're wearing your tree diaper that's worth something because you hate I, nothing worse to me than having a hang on or a climber on you're walking through and you got a limb jabbed in between and you're like, ah. and then you take a step and it, you grabs another one. You're like, yeah, it's you loud. Know, it's loud and it's frustrating. Yeah. Cause kind of like my climber, I love my climber and I would say it's pretty lightweight for how old it is. And, uh, but the only thing I don't like about it, and I guess I could kind of beef it up and actually put some actual like backpack straps on it or something to make it a little bit more comfortable. But again, that that isn't going to work in Kansas because then I'll be hunting for a tree instead of hunting for the right spot. Let's say in Oklahoma where we hunt, where the trees look like like pencils, uh, that's great and all. But as I'm walking through the woods, kind of like you said, it's catching on things. But also the way my 
like the way my backpack's filled up with all the camera gear. And then I put my uh, uh, sling, my climber on the backside, you know, just on the outside of my uh, bag. It makes it to where my climber's like shoving into the back of my head where I almost have to look down when I walk. And ain't nothing worse than like sweating and then having to look down. And then I wear glasses and then the sweat's dripping onto my glasses lens. And then I really can't see. And it's just like one of those things. Creates some problems. It does. It does. So just being able to walk straight up with your bag on, that's not a bad deal. No, no. it's not. So how how do you like, do you just carry in your sticks? Because I hear a lot of people like have the bow in the one hand and then sticks in the other. Is that kind of what you do? Dude, I like carrying on X on one hand. Not because it's hard for me to find mm-hmm. what my my tree, but I don't like doing the thing where you're 30 yards away from your tree and you're like, oh, there it is. And then you have to right. walk 30 extra yards, especially in the fall when there's leaves on the ground and you're crunching. Every step to me matters. So I have a, a Sika bag and it has like straps on the bottom, straps on the top and straps on the middle. So it gives you some options on where you want to put your sticks. I mm-hmm. put my sticks on my very top and I cinch them down with two straps. So I have one, one hand with a bow, one hand with the phone. And I, if I want to, I can go one hand free. So that's why okay. I like putting the sticks on the bag is um, you can have a hand for the phone. The map. Do, you have, do you have a back support like, like in no. your, in your bag? So uh-uh. it's a frameless bag. Okay. It, I don't have, I have a frameless bag, but it is pretty sturdy for what it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, the only reason I say, because you know what bag I'm rocking, like that little, uh, it's, ba- it's basically a pillowcase is what, it, what, what I'm carrying. So, Obviously, I can't really strap anything on there. Like I could, I could strap like the 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 platform onto the bag, probably no problem. But as for sticks, I could carry one in one hand. But kind of like you said, I like having the phone in the end in one hand as well because you're obviously going to carry the bow. I have a bow sling, but I don't trust that. Like I don't trust knocking it around on stuff. I don't, I don't take that risk. So the bow is always in my hand. With that being said, like I can't really strap my sticks because my sticks are a lot longer than yours as well. So mm-hmm. what I thought about doing is creating like some sort of uh, like sling for, for it. And then just like slinging it over where it's kind of re- resting on my shoulders, but it's like on my bag, but it's I'm, I'm holding it up and not that, that way when I get to the tree, I can just do that without taking off my bag. I think that's the best situation for you besides buying a new bag. And that's, right. I think that's a lot not, cheaper option. Not, Next year, hopefully, I can, I'm going to buy a new bag. But as for this year, after buying a saddle, there's that's that's out of the question. Hey, you got your limits. I, I've I've uh, danced over my limits, and I'm 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 done with the gear too. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Uh, covered that. So I I kind of want to talk about like once you get to the tree, how do you proceed with that? So obviously, you have your your lineman's belt you throw it around the tree and all that stuff, but how, so you put your first stick on, you climb up there. Surely. And I know you don't, but just for the, the listener's perspective, you don't climb back down and get your other stick and then climb back up and then get it. So how, how, how do you position your sticks where you can just climb up on that first stick? And then do you just have like some sort of like, tie or something like that where you can grab your other stick and put it up there How so do do that? this year 
I'm going to put a um, kind of just like a circle knot in my stick, and I'm going to hang a little piece of paracord over it where I can put it on a clip. Okay. So I can clip all three onto my saddle, and as I'm going up, unclip, put one on, go up, unclip. Like a carabiner? Exactly, like carabiner clip. Um, but You don't think that would rattle, like especially with the sticks? Exactly. Um, it's one of the issues. This is the hard part of the saddle, setting up my saddle setup is – in the past, what I've done is I've set my first two sticks up, mm-hmm. okay, and then you set your first I, two sticks up from the ground. No, I put my first one up pretty low because okay. I have four sticks. I don't run three; I run four, mm-hmm. so my first one could be fairly low. I set my first one up, and then I get on top of it, and I set my second one up, and then I take one because from your second step 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 to the ground is mm-hmm. not very far, right? It's like six, eight feet maybe. So I just take one step back down, and I get on the ground. I grab those two stick sticks in my left hand and then I wear my backpack on and my okay. platform is on my backpack. So now I get up on my second step. I got my lineman's belt, put one stick up and then I climb one more, put another stick up and then I just pull that platform off of my backpack. So do you I have it strapped it. with your straps or do you have like some sort of like fancy platform holder for your bag or something like that? My bag has um, two two straps and it, it kind of has this material where you can grip onto stuff and cinch it down. So I just have one on the bottom of my set uh, platform, one on the top and uh, it's fairly easy. It's just buckle clips. Right. So I just unbuckle one and I, and it pulls right out and I have okay. my strap that the sick, the strap that you need to go around the tree to, to cinch the platform. I have that just wrapped around the, gotcha. um, the platform. So that makes it fairly easy. Um, I'd like to get a little more efficient where, like you said, do it all in one pass. But the issue with that is if you have those sticks all hanging next to each other, um, they can ding, 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 ding. Things you can do to get around that. You could stealth strip them. That's one thing you could do. Or you could, there's, they make 3D printed clips. Like it's almost like a, looks like you trying to pinch something and you can like stick sticks in there. Okay. Um, and stack them. I don't know if they make those for my sticks. So as of right now, I go two sticks back down two more sticks up and then I'm done. Sounds like you need to hire a cameraman. That way you can just hand you sticks. Dude, that's, that's one of the reasons that I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. hunting. I don't mind hunting with people because like when you get up on the second step stick, you're like, throw me another. And they just lock, catapult one up. You grab it. You're like, throw me another. And they catapult yeah. another one up. <laughs> Hanging hunting with uh-huh. two people is, is awesome. I mean, I, I like that a lot. It makes it a heck of a lot easier. Yeah. But, it's it's a it's a grind to get to get started. Once you get in the groove, it gets a lot easier. So let's say you have your four sticks up. You at the very top. You reach for your platform. You got it. Do you just do you just? I mean, obviously you have your lineman's belt, so you have two hands and all that stuff. But how how do you position your platform? Do you do you put it like right about the same height as the top of your last stick, or are you one of those people that try to put it two feet above to try to get them at that maximum height? Yeah, I I think I put mine you know, anywhere from one to two feet above the stick. I don't want to feel like I'm stretching my legs out to, because I like to be able to have one foot on the platform while I'm making sure that mother trucker is not going to break. And I like to still have one foot on the stick to know, like I'm a little bit on both, but that one, exactly that one, one to two foot up makes it good for me. Like I said, I run four sticks, so I'm getting at least 16, 17 foot off of four. And that's with very little spacing. So I don't feel like I need to get two to three more feet out of that next platform. I don't treat the platform like another step. 
Like I'm mm-hmm. like, once I get to my top stick, that's pretty much where I'm chilling. Right. Someone I was watching was saying they, they put it the same height as the top stick. And that way it's almost like an extra like place to put your foot. If you need to, you could do that. I feel like the rotation, one of the reasons I switched to the saddle was the increased shot opportunity. And we kind of show it in one of our videos where you can like pivot around the tree on mm-hmm. any side. To me, I feel like I can shoot nearly 360 without having that extra step. Um, but I guess for someone that wants that added mobility, you can do that. Have you heard of the ring of steps? I have. I have. Okay. And I, I couldn't imagine that just being my primary source as, as like a platform. Yeah, there's people that do that. And it's like, oh, I can rotate all the way around the tree. I'm like, dude, just put you a platform on there. You're going to be able to shoot 90% of the stuff anyways. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I I don't know. Like, do I think that 5 five or 10% margin that you're going to add by being able to step on your other stick is going to be the difference between you shooting one or not? Maybe, but pro- I, probably not in my opinion. Yeah. So that's what you just now touched on. I guess like the perfect segue to shooting form. Does that does that change at all? Like obviously your form, like like that doesn't. I wouldn't think would change, but like I couldn't imagine you leaning back and stuff like that. That that sight bubble would just be how you want it all the time. Are you a person that that like watch actually watches your sight bubble and stuff? I started to this year, like previously speak previously no i did not like it was not something that i worried about very much um i think it probably gets exacerbated at longer distances right Mm -hmm. so you're like 20 and in side bubble is probably not going to make a huge difference um but yes i do now and one thing i'll say about shooting out of the saddle is it's something that you need to practice because i practiced the other day and i forgot how hard it is in some sense to shoot out of the saddle because Think about it. When you're on the ground, your feet are pretty wide spaced, right? So you're almost mm-hmm. making a triangle with your body, your upper body to your feet. And so you have a really good base to shoot off of. When you're in the saddle, your feet are pretty much together. So okay. your two feet serve as almost like one. So you basically like have one point of contact instead of two, like you do on the ground with your feet. Your feet are together. So it's not, it's inherently not as stable. Um, so one of the things that I've done to make it a little more stable for me is I like to kind of lean a little bit with my knees into the tree because that creates a second point of contact Okay. Um, and puts a little bit of the pressure off your feet. So it, and also depends on if the tree is angled, if it's angled like this and you're hanging off this, it's almost like you're not at a 45. It's like you're at a 60. You're leaning even further back. See, and I, that's how I couldn't imagine like, because I'm, I'm pretty big on my sight bubble. Like I like about every time I shoot that I have shot that wasn't just like a rush, rush deal. I always check the sight bubble and like my yeah. practice and stuff. Like I'm a big sight bubble guy. So I would like not shooting with that on. I feel like that would just, even if it doesn't affect it, like affect the shot per se, it would affect me mentally where I'm like, I feel like I need to compensate for something. Yeah. One one tip I would give for you and people that are listening that are just getting started in saddle hunting is try to hunt in fairly straight trees when you start. You know, like it, it can be tempting to put your tether on a tree that's like at a 45 or a 30 degree angle. And you're like, no, nah, it'll be good. I like having that that straight tree because it feels like that's a better anchor point. Like it gives me the ability to pivot around. Whereas right. those, those uh, more crooked trees, it's like, 
it's almost like when you pivot out, it's already at an angle. So it like, it's like a slide that like accelerates you around the tree. You're like, whoa, mm, I could see. <laughs> and cause all the trees in my backyard are like this, they're 45s. And I got one the other day and I was like, this sucks. Like, I hate this tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel like it's going to be different for sure. But in a way I feel like it's almost going to be like shooting, sitting down. Ooh. Is that, is that a I'll thing? Take. Is it, is that accurate? Because you've shot one from a saddle. Is it, is it basically like, is it the equivalent to like sitting down while shooting? Because for the most part, like I've taken a lot of deer, I've, I've probably taken more deer sitting down in my climber or stand than I have actually standing up and taking, taking the shot. Yeah. Um, I think sitting down is more stable in mm-hmm. some sense. But um, is that basically not what you're doing? I, I, I mean, I know there's different positions in the saddle where you can like either sit down, put your knees in the tree or just kind of like well, lean back and just kind of chill. But think about this when you're sitting in your, when you're in your hang on your backs against the tree. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you're sitting like you, you you're kind of in a chair position when you're in the saddle, but your back's not against anything. Like it's not like you have something to like lean into to get more stable, right? You got your feet, your yeah, butt, but your back. I've never, I've never like had something touching my back. So you past, lean though. forward while you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. That's one of those things probably going to be different for every person. I think the saddle is inherently a little less stable, but I could see it. Um, it gives you a lot of shot opportunities too. So there's trade-offs and I think, you know, putting your knees into the tree, um, or kind of anchoring your feet a little bit better in the platform can help fix that stability issue. But you're going to see when you get yours, the difference between it, it's, it's, I don't think it's comparable to sitting down. It's not the same. So you yeah, are standing up. I can see it. But, uh, uh, the thing is though, is I'm not going to be able to practice until we're up in Kansas because you have my platform practice quick, baby. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's literally what I want to do. Just, just bring the bag target and then maybe I can take a few shots before, but you know, what worries me is if people like even, even Carol's starting to use his is like, um, I hate to say it that way, but it, it, the unfamiliarity with the system could cost you a deer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it could, yeah, it could, but it's one of those things. That's why I like trying out in the early season, especially because you're going to have five, six, seven, eight, ten reps before the, it gets heated up mm-hmm. in the season. And you're going to like understand. You ought to shoot yeah. you a doughing. And if we go to Kansas, like we have a dough tag too, I think. You got to sure? try to shoot. We'll make sure. That's, but, that's the thing. I don't want to have one tag and it's like either sex and I shoot a dough and I'm just like, I'm done. $500 dough, $600 dough. <laughs> I, would, I, I wouldn't find it. Yeah. um no um shoot something out of it i wouldn't mind taking mine to the lease and shooting something out of it like that would i think it's i think it's good um i could take it to catch him and just try to go off yeah that's a that's not a bad point um it's definitely different but if you're one of i would say if kind of wrapping up here a little bit if you're one of those people that is a public land run and gun guy it's worth it. It's definitely worth it to invest in a good saddle system. If you're a guy that hunts private and you have like hang ons and uh, ladder stands all over your place and it's not a big deal to put up another one, probably not a good, probably not a good investment for you. 
because it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be five to $700 to get you. That's just the saddle and the platform. That's not including the sticks. Like we're talking about a thousand dollars. If you're looking at a good set of all this, all these things. So, um, if you're, if you hunt a lot or you're a public land guy running gun, or you have a lot of different spots on private that you want to try, do it. But if you're pretty stationary, probably, probably not worth a thousand dollars. Before you wrap it up, I, I know that was a great kind of like closing thoughts and wrap up, but there's one other thing I want to touch on. Give it. Positioning in a tree. Where you're going to position in the tree? Yeah. Like, because I heard some people like, let's say they have a trail directly out in front of them. So they set up on the back side of that tree to kind of conceal themselves. Uh huh. And so they can like get ready. And then when they walk by, they're on their strong side and then boom. How, how does Christy set up for a hunt? How, what's his decision process? Like explain, explain a spot, explain your area of like, like whether it be the community center or maybe a spot on rattlesnake or maybe just, just a, just a scenario, explain it and then explain your tree you're looking for. And then how you set up in that tree. Like, does does the wind affect it? Does you know? Yeah, I'll, I'll just let you take it off from there. Yeah, obviously, like I said before, I'm looking for a straight tree. You know, crooked's okay if it's in the perfect spot. Crooked's okay. That's when I would make a an exception. Um, but I'm looking for a good straight tree. Um, you know, probably I don't know, two foot, twenty four inches around, something like that. You don't need something too big. You can get something pretty pretty thin and get away with it. Um, but as far as like setting up in the tree goes, um, I just like a, just like a hang on tree stand, you're going to have a strong side and a weak side and your strong side. If you're a right-handed shooter is your left. The difference is like you have like a 180 degrees or not even 180. You have like 270 degrees of shooting that could be considered your strong side. So the stuff that you see on your right as a right-handed shooter would be considered your weak side and a hang on. Think about this in a, in a saddle, you can pivot all the way around and shoot that stuff. So it's Mm. no longer your weak side. So really your weak side is only 90. Yeah. Yeah, It's only 90 degrees about that, that far your weak. So for a right-handed shooter to be your, your Northeast. If if you're facing Yeah. If you're facing the tree, it would be your Northeast corner. That is going to be your weak side corner. That is where you want your wind blowing because yes, that's the place that you're least expecting a spot, a shot. And if one does come there, it's, um, it's something that you could probably feed your bow up under the tether and shoot. So, so you're talking about your two to three o'clock. That's where you're, you're wanting your wind to blow. So you're, you're basically wanting your strong side, where you could possibly be walked up from behind and that's where you're expecting them to come. That's what I'm saying. I'm expecting them to come by my strong side. So right. I want the, I want to be downwind of the animal and I want the wind to be blowing either to my, basically to my right. Okay. Basically to my right. I want the wind hitting the left side of my face. Gotcha. From gotcha. left to right. So it's not going to be coming at an angle where, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, from you saying you're wanting the wind to blow to your two or three o'clock, I'm thinking that like, okay, if the wind's coming from your 
seven, eight o'clock, then I'm like with the deer theoretically. And I'm just like that. Yeah. It, you want it coming like it's almost like a crosswind. Like you're trying to set up with the wind coming directly from if you're facing the tree to the north, left to right. Right. Like okay. Across your face. So everything in your strong side is is downwind. If something comes in your strong side, they're they're or they're upwind of you. They're not going to be downwind. So gotcha. um anything you want to set you, you do not want to expect deer to come from your your right side, your entire half moon on that right side. So that's what happened to Coop. Remember that buck on, on yeah. his channel? It came out and that that buck ended up ducking him. But he, he was like, I, I like you could hear him. He's like, I, I wasn't planning on him coming from that way. And right. the way the camera was set up and the position, the way he swooped it back after the shot, it was on his right side and he's a right-handed shooter. So that, that's his weak side. So he, he said the wind was blowing that way. So I see the connection now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you could hunt it out of a crosswind, right? Like it's one of the beauties of the saddle is even though that was on his bad side and probably, yeah, even though that was on his bad side, he was able to still get a shot off in the saddle. So I think that's one of the advantages and, uh, that's how I would set up in the wind, right? Like that's, that's how I would do it. Sounds, sounds good. I feel a lot better about it now. I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm excited. And, and it's a, the good thing is it's easy to adjust to. Like it's nothing to step back out down on that stick. Be like, okay, my platform needs to be 30 more degrees this way, you know, seat it down one more time and go. So it's one of those things you definitely got to go try. It's, it's worth a try. So how long does it take you? to to set up usually dude since we uh since we film a freaking long time like yeah um if i was just a saddle hunter and i wasn't worried about filming i bet i could be set up in in 12 minutes think so so casey smith at the element we always talk about those guys those guys are awesome um he has a video of getting from bottom to top in five in minutes five minutes i literally watched that one last night too yeah five minutes but so, he's not he's not being like quiet he, yeah he's just doing as fast as possible so 12 minutes 10 to 12 minutes i would say so with camera gear what do you what do you think like 20, 20 minutes? minutes yeah because you got to realize okay. once you get that bag hung there's individual pieces there's like five pieces you got to pull out i know you're trying to wrap this up but that brings me to my next question and i could could ask you this off the podcast but listeners might find this beneficial as well when you get your platform set up you're a right-handed shooter Where's your bow? Obviously on your strong side already, so you can just grab and go. But where do you hang your, for, for me, a selfish reason, where do you put your camera arm? Where do you put your bag? Stuff like that. Bag on the weak side. Okay. Because least likely to get in the way. I put that about waist high. Camera arm, also waist high, but on my strong side. So you have your bow and your camera right there. Both on your strong side. So as a right-handed shooter on my left side of the tree, I would put the bow arm about eye, you know eyebrow level because the bow's going to hang down mm -hmm. right bow's 30 inches long plus so you're going to be able to grab it it's going to be like you know mid stomach level for your grip no problem um for the camera waist level right so that's something that you could lean into the tree a little bit and you can you can make your filming adjustments without being hanging off the tree or reaching real far you want to keep all that stuff right close there tight. like yeah because yeah. your arm is going to have multiple uh, levers in that arm to extend or bring back. So you want to keep them all close at first. Okay. That's how I think about it. Okay. 
And then, for someone uh, that's self-filming. Right. And then your tether, how high do you hang your tether? What's what's like normal chin high? Goop told me chin high when I got started. Chin high seems to be the most comfortable for me. Really? You do not want to hang it like stomach because then you're like, whoa. Yeah, what? yeah. Um, but you also don't want to hang it too high because when you hang it too high, it creates too much pressure. It's almost like you're hanging from like a rope instead of like something face level. So you're just leaning off. Yeah. Chin high is kind of that medium ground for someone that's just getting started. That, that's what I end up doing is chin high. What if someone has like a super long neck? Like draft style. <laughs> that's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a mom and daddy's problem. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Hmm. Well, I think I think that kind of wraps up all the questions. I think I we have. covered the basics of saddle hunting. If you guys want to learn any more from a novice and a beginner, send us a message and we can we can try to answer your question. There's way better people out there to answer your questions, but hey, if you just mess with us, we appreciate it. Yeah. So um Hopefully we can get better at saddle hunting this year. It's uh the whole crew's running saddles officially. I, hey, I, the good thing about me is I can only go up from here. <laughs> I can't true. get anywhere. So, yep, you're at the rock. You're at the rock bottom. You and Carol are at the starting ground. So it's only up from here in the saddle game. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. excited. I'm excited. I think hopefully, hopefully I can get me at least three bucks with the saddle this year. Then you're gonna be the one <laughs> doing saddle podcasts. Freaking cloud nine. That'd be awesome. Uh, well, uh, it's almost 1230 here, so we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you guys for listening to the episode. Make sure to leave us a rating and review, and if you want to see a saddle hunting video, put it in practice. Everything we just talked about, go check out our recent YouTube video, Public Land Buck from Oklahoma, my first one out of the saddle. So you guys want to see those things? Go check them out. Leave us a rating and review on Spotify and Apple, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, forget about Facebook. People don't use it for Marketplace. But other than that, Jesus loves you. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.